Let me talk to you first about Home Title Lock. Um, Home Title Lock, you wouldn't think that your title could be stolen from you, but it's actually wildly easy. We had an FBI agent come in, and he showed me, what did he spend? $60? I think it was $40 for the paperwork. And it was $20 for the fake notary stamp. Fake notary stamp. $60, he could steal my house. All he had to do was file it, and and my house was his. And it's amazing that this is not protected. The only people that can really protect it at Home Title Lock because they stand in front of the vault where all or 90% of all of the titles from the U.S. come in and they're stored electronically. So every time a title goes out through that door, they are looking. And so they specifically watch for yours. So if you're selling your home, you'll get a call. Um, you selling your home? You changing this? Yes. They guard against it and help clean it up if it's already happened to you. Get a free scan. Find out if it has happened to you. It's $100 value. All you have to do is sign up now at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It's Friday. I'm glad you're here. We are... Yesterday, we talked about the difference between uh, feelings and story and stats. And we are a... As conservatives... We always say the same thing. The facts are on our side. How do we keep losing? The facts are on our side. If we are going to win this fight against socialism, we better get to the story. And I want to show you a story about AOC's mother that came out that you probably heard about in maybe three sentences, but you missed the story. And I'm going to show you the difference in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. X-Chair is, I think, much more like a recliner uh, than your typical office chair. Uh, It is really, really comfortable. And office chairs are really kind of an afterthought. You know, you get everything, you're starting a new business, and you're like, oh, yeah, uh, just run to Staples and get some chairs. Well, if you have neck pain, back pain, uh, any kind of pain, butt pain, I don't know about butt pain, but if you have any kind of pain, you're sitting in that chair all day long. Treat yourself to a comfortable chair. It's an X chair. They have them for all price ranges and all sizes. They've just uh, improved them even more. A bigger, wider chair because we're getting bigger and wider. X chair comes with a 30-day, no questions asked, guarantee of complete satisfaction. So try it out. I'm telling you, it is as comfortable as a lazy boy. When you... When you Recline back. I could watch a movie in this chair. Oh, yeah. It's they're so comfortable. They're really so bad. comfortable. Mm-hmm. X chair on sale now for $100 off. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. B-E-C-K is the promo code. Use that promo code and you're going to get a free footrest as well. xchairbeck.com.
Hello, Stu. Hello, Glenn. So yesterday, Stu and I had quite a conversation, kind of lasted almost the whole show, uh, going back and forth in total agreement, but we, cu- we couldn't let it go. Uh, <laughs> our, we're in agreement, but Stu finds it really irritating that we have to do this. And I suppose he's right, but it is part of human nature. Mm-hmm. And that is people need the story. You need to connect to the heart and conservatives suck at the story. And yesterday I was telling you, you know, all the liberals will be on stage putting a show together and all of the conservatives will be running the theater. And that's the way I actually want it, because, you know, uh, I want people who are really focused on the facts and the numbers running the theater. I don't want those bean counters. I don't want a show done by accountants. You know what I mean? I don't. And I don't want to work in a theater where the accounting job are done by a bunch of actors. Even The Office, which was a show about accountants, had to be done by liberals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, so so it's just the way the world is. So if we want to talk to people, the best way to talk to people is through stories. And we suck at telling stories. And even when they are handed to us, we screw it up. Even when they're handed to us, what happens? Uh, we don't we don't tell the story and we miss the opportunity because we speak our language only to ourselves and we expect everyone else to adapt to our language. Yeah, I think a lot of people, too, when they hear, well, we have to talk to the other side, think like gang of eight. We need to have a compromise. No, it's it's not no. about that. It's a, the whole point of having these ideas and ideally eventually uh, winning elections and, and and implementing freedom for here's, for here's, people is you have to win people over who don't currently vote your way. Now, here's why this is going to become increasingly important. Socialism is on the rise. Socialism, I'm telling you, if we go into a recession, a deep recession during the Trump administration, I have a feeling we may be looking at a real socialist in charge of this country and in charge of the House and the Senate. We could be a socialist country that is moving away from the free market in 18 months. And when people are panicked, they're not going to listen to facts. They're going to listen to, okay, he makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. We have to talk about the heart because people are going to be struggling much more than they are now whenever this happens. And if we don't connect with people's hearts, we are going to look like bean counters and um, and we'll be talking stats and, and, and everything that counts. But first, you have to have the story. Then you move to facts. You have to capture the heart first. So the conservatives had a great opportunity to do this this week, and we had it with Ocasio-Cortez's mother. Now, there was an article that was was uh, written. Uh, who was this by? Uh, the Guardian, I think. And it was a story that you probably heard about, and, and you did hear about it from me in this exact way when it first came out. And that was, did you see the story about Ocasio-Cortez's mom? Stu said, yeah, I did. 
It's crazy, right? That's exactly how I said it, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. I said, yeah. I mean, look, how <laughs> how are these people so stupid? She, she struggled her whole life. Then she moved to Florida to get away from the $10,000 taxes that she was paying on her property what every year. What a hypocrite. I mean, she Ocasio-Cortez wants well, 70%. They, she's moving because of $10,000. This shows that you <laughs> don't know what they're talking okay. about. And it felt good, didn't it, to have that conversation? It is a point. It is a very valid valid point point that is worth making. Right. But if we want to expand our circles, we need to be able to lead with the heart. Now, this is an amazing story. I went back and I read this story, and I thought, "This, this story tells everything you need to know for our side. This is not a story for the socialist. This is a story for our side. So let me give it to you. Blanca is a woman who makes lasagna for visiting relatives and watches over her 78-year-old mother who suffers from pulmonary fibrosis and often breathes oxygen from a concentrator and a loud rescue mutt named Tammy. It's a story about mothers, but it's also a story about daughters because Blanca always believed in her daughter, believed her daughter would be important, and regardless of your opinion on Ocasio-Cortez, and believe me, You do have an opinion on her daughter, one way or another. There's no denying the wholesomeness of this story of this family. Now, hear me out. Her dad and I were preparing for Alexandria's birth, and we were picking names, Blanca told the reporter. And he came up with Alexandria. I thought about for a while, and I thought, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that's powerful. Yeah, That should be her name. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the infamous millennial Democratic Socialist who represents New York's 14th district, covering the Bronx and Queens in the House of Representatives. Her mother is Blanca Ocasio-Cortez. Blanca married Sergio Ocasio in Puerto Rico and then moved to New York, and she knew very little English, but she learned. She worked the jobs that nobody else wanted. She mopped floors at night. She drove school buses. She answered phones. She took orders. I'm going to come back to that paragraph. Now, by the way, this was written by our staff. This is not the, this is not the staff. This is not the story from The Guardian. In 1989, she gave birth to her first child, a girl in the, Blanc, in the Bronx, New York City. Two years later, she gave birth to a boy. Until Alexandria was five, the family lived in a one-bedroom condo in the Parkchester neighborhood of the Bronx. Theirs is the typical American struggle. Sergio worked hard until he had his own business. Then the small family pooled together their resources and took out a mortgage, and he moved into a small single-family house with a yard in nearby Yorktown Heights. Blanca said, we had a great life there. Alexandria was social. She always had a bunch of girls over. She took over the shed in the backyard. She cleaned it up, put up curtains and photos, made it look nice. It was like a clubhouse for her and her friends. Blanca talks about her daughter in the way any good mother would, recalling her daughter. Always talkative. When I took her into pre-K interview, she didn't ever let me talk. She kept going on and on and on about knowing the alphabet and being able to count. In 2008, while Alexandria Cortez, Casio uh, Cortez, was a sophomore at Boston University, her father, Blanca's husband, died of lung cancer. 
overnight, Blanca had to become the breadwinner. It was, I was cleaning houses in the morning and working as a secretary at a hospital in the afternoon. It was difficult making ends meet. At one point, I had to skip the mortgage payments and we almost lost the house. This is a story about a single mom. A single mom who raised her family after her husband died of lung cancer. As the Daily Mail notes, Sergio's death put the family into a tailspin. He didn't have any life insurance. He had two years of health care bills due to the money his business brought in had dried out. Blanca recalls she faced foreclosure not just once but twice. It was scary. I had to take medicine. I was so scared. I had to stop paying for the mortgage for almost a year. I kept expecting someone to knock on the door and to kick us out at any time. There were even real estate people coming around to take photos of the house for when it was going to be auctioned. The worst is I only had $50,000 left to pay on the loan. But funny enough, it was the bank. The bank, not the welfare office, not the government or the local church that helped her. It was the bank. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed that things would work out. After the children graduated from college, I figured it was time for me to move to Florida. These days, Blanca lives in Florida, a lakefront community of about 16,000 people near Orlando. She moved there just before Christmas in 2016. She had been paying $10,000 a year in real estate taxes in New York. Now she pays $600 a year. When she first got here, the world, her world was much different. Her daughter was a bartender, hadn't filed paperwork. I, I, I love privacy and calm, Blanca said. I don't like the limelight for myself and my family, but it seems that God's played quite a joke on me with his politics stuff. Now, I don't know if the Daily Mail was sent there to do a hatchet job or what. But the story is tempting. Taxes are so severe in New York that even a mother of the wild-eyed Democratic Socialist representing that area can't even afford to live in the community. But really, this is an amazing story of America. It is a tragic story of a love lost and a family shaken apart due to illness, lung cancer. It's a story of perhaps the evils of smoking. It's a hero story. A hero story of a mom who came to America not speaking any English, but didn't rely and and close up in her own community. She struggled and she fought at an older age to be able to learn English and speak English and then immerse herself because she knew if she spoke English, her family would have an easier time and her family, who knows, her children could go on to be representatives serve in the united states congress in one generation it's a sad story it's a sad story of the collapse of community if she felt alone and felt that there was no one in her community that her church didn't come she seems religious she prayed and she prayed and she prayed But it is, again, that hero story that in America, if you're willing to work, you can not only make it, but you can send your kids to a great college. 
No matter how hard you struggle, if you're willing to sacrifice and work, you can send your kids to Boston University. They can have a great education, not repeat your struggle. It is a story of the American family that struggles every day, but finds joy in the struggle. It's a story of the idyllic, what we all dream of America being like, that yes, we might have a small little house, but we've taken this old garage in the back and we've fixed it up and we've hung some curtains and it is a place of imagination and joy for our children. It's a story about how the lie of Mr. Potter at the bank, who is just a greedy, cigar-chomping, monopoly guy, who will take your home even though you only have $50,000 left to pay for it, you've struggled your whole life, then your husband dies, a tragic story, the evil capitalist comes in, swoops in, takes the money, takes the house, and destroys the family. No, this is the Jimmy Stewart view of America, where the bank comes in and the bank works it out because you only have 50000 and you are working. This is a great story. A great story for every conservative to tell. Because, as I will show you in one minute, it has every piece of our argument in it. All right, ZipRecruiter, finding the right employees is the most important uh, factor in your business. Your employees are the voice of your vision. They are the first impression, the last impression, and the embodiment of your brand. You need a partner to help find the right people. You need ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter has become the biggest and best job site because they have figured out how to help employers optimize how they hire. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and then invite them to apply for your job. As applicants come in, ZipRecruiter also goes and they scan every single one and they highlight the ones that are the best matches for what you're looking for. ZipRecruiter is so effective, 80% of employers get a quality candidate through the site in the first day. I'm told that it's usually within the first hour. Right now, ZipRecruiter is offering a free trial. Try it for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-C-K. The smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. We pause now for 10 seconds. Station ID. So listen to the Ocasio-Cortez story. What we said to you earlier this week when this story came out was, can you believe it? Look at this. What hypocrites, right? We're not inviting anybody else to join our group. If you don't agree with us, if you've read that story and you're like, I like this family, you're immediately turned off by the people who are like, what a bunch of hypocrites. 
Instead, engage with the story. Tell the story. Make the story yours. We as conservatives have to learn how to tell a story. Here is a couple that falls in love. They, they are in Puerto Rico. They move to New York. She knew very little English. Okay, now we have, do we love immigrants or not? Yes, we love the immigrants who want to be here. She wanted to be here. She wanted to be an American. She wanted a better life for her children. So what did she do? She learned how to speak English. She mopped floors at night. She drove school buses. She answered phones. There, nowhere in this story is her welfare story. Nowhere in here is her complaining. Nowhere. She and her husband, they come here. They, they live in a small one-bedroom apartment in New York. I got to believe it wasn't very nice. But he says, we're in America now. I can build my own business. And he builds a successful business. He is an entrepreneur. He starts his own business. He doesn't wait for a guaranteed government job. He has a dream and he comes here and he starts his own business. Now, I don't know why he had lung cancer. Maybe it was from smoking. I don't know. But he dies tragically. And yes, he has bills that pile up because he's a small businessman. Who in this audience who runs their own business cannot relate to that? You're the last one to get the money. Everybody else comes before you if you're a businessman. So he tries to keep his business going while he's struggling with lung cancer. The bills pile up. Then he dies. But before he dies, he, they, had built, they had built a life to where they could get out of that small little apartment and get a small little house. And I mean, it is that house, if you've ever seen it, it's a miracle on 34th Street. Remember when she's like, stop the car, stop the car. Oh, I knew if I just believed. That's what Santa told me. I believe, I believe, I believe. That's the little salt box house that they bought. That's an American dream. They bought it and they paid for it. They got all the way to $50,000 away from paying that house off. They were good people that worked hard. And when he died, she continued. But it was the bank, not the welfare office, that swooped in. Here's a woman who prays, who was, who was comforted by God, who is now taking her mother in and taking care of her family. Not sending off to some government state institution, but bringing her into her home. But because she wants to do all those things... She needs to move to Florida because the government, who really in this story hasn't given her jack, except the opportunity to be an American, charges way too much. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. Filter by. Filter by is um, is a way for you to actually put your man pants on once in a while. I'm just saying. You don't have to go to Home Depot. You don't have to remember anything. You don't have to. You got nothing. Ladies' pants are so much silkier and smoother, though. They're so much Aren't nicer they? to wear. You know? Aren't they? have been mm-hmm. wearing Lady Gaga pants lately. I love much them. more comfortable. All right. 
Anyway, filter by. Um, you just go to filterbui.com. You tell them the size of the filter that you need, and then they show up. And you even get a discount, 5%, if you just are on the auto renewal. So they just they show up when you have to replace the filter. I don't even know when I'm supposed to replace the filter. I don't have to know. I've gone to filter by once. They send them. I pop it out. I put it in the new one. I throw the other one out. I don't have to think about it. It is great. God bless the USA. Filterbui.com. Do it now. Filterbuy.com. You get the podcast of this program every single day on yeah. iTunes and Spotify and yes. all the other places you get them. Uh, download it and subscribe now. Glenbeck.com. Now for something completely different. I have the honor to introduce you to one of the best people I know and a hard worker. His name is Mike Rowe. The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. This is a great podcast that gives a unique take on American history. He explores everything from pop culture to politics, athletes to actors, history to Hollywood. Each episode is 10 minutes or less about a famous person or an event that you know, filled with surprising facts that you likely didn't know until Mr. Smart Pants, Mike Rowe tells you about it. It's called The Way I Heard It. It's hosted by the one and only Mike Rowe, and he shares stories for, and I quote, the curious mind with a short attention span. The Way I Heard It, America's number one short-form podcast. Go to micro.com slash podcast and listen and subscribe to The Way I Heard It. That's M-I-K-E-R-O-W-E dot com slash podcast. That's micro.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday. Bill O'Reilly is coming up in uh, just a few minutes. We were talking yesterday and today that if we want to, if we want to save the freedom of mankind, if we want to save the free market system, we better start to be better storytellers, and we better we better start expanding out of our circle of influence. We mm. need everyone on board. We have to break down the walls of of any kinds of uh, issues that we have, we have to start listening to each other, communicating with each other, um, and then speaking from the heart first. Speak from the heart first. And I just told a story of Ocasio-Cortez. What's the story, Pat, that you heard earlier this week about Ocasio-Cortez's mom? Uh, she fled New York because of high taxes and right. went to Florida. Did you have any idea her story was like the story I just told? No idea whatsoever. Right. None. That little tidbit came from that story, and conservatives only took that piece of it. It's a what a hypocrite. <laughs> Instead of looking at the entire story. Which is legitimate. Yeah, yeah, it's totally it's, legitimate. For her, for at least uh, Alexandria. For, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, her I don't know anything about her mom. If her, her mom shares socialist values or I don't know any of that. I don't have any idea. Don't care if she does. Um, her story is the story of America. Mm -hmm. You're not going to you're not going to Puerto Rico and uh, having that story. You're not going to Mexico and having that story. Here's somebody who didn't even speak English. Yeah, and fought to speak English. Yeah. Right? I mean, that mm -hmm. we, we would hear, I'm sure, from Alexandria the opposite, that she shouldn't be forced to do that. But right. that's a, I mean, she did it to make her life, the life better for her family. Right. And in one generation, one generation, 
Her, her daughter's now in, the, in Congress. No, no, not just in Congress. She is the leading force yeah. in Congress. Apparently, apparently yeah. which is an amazing thing. Amazing. In one generation, God bless the USA. Absolutely. And for the bank to show mercy to people, like, you never hear that story. No, you never you, hear that. You always hear about evil bankers and how dastardly they are as capitalists. $50,000 left on this house that was not worth $50,000. It was a lot more. So they had $50,000 left to they pay They could have foreclosed. Did you say it was, a, it was a year of her not paying? Of her not paying. Wow. And they were going wow. to auction the house, everything else. But in the end, she talked <clears throat> to the bank, and the bank worked it out with her. Amazing. That's a, it's it's a great incredible. Story. It's a, a great, great story. story. And that is a story that you, you'll notice nowhere in that story is, and the government came down and shut down the evil bank. No, the government in that story is charging her $10,000 a year in property tax, is taking her money, mm-hmm. if she had enough, and taxing her. She, nowhere in here is the government swooping in to save the house. Nowhere in here. This is a story that was the typical American story. That was the American dream that I could come here. I could build a business. I could do it my way. I could have a little, uh, just a little plot of land, a little house where I could raise a happy family. I could send my kids to a great university and then I could mm-hmm. retire and go someplace that she's lived the American dream. I remember talking, this happens so often on the left. I remember talking about this years ago, because, Pat, you read Barack Obama's autobiography right. uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I remember you making this point that that's a, a real an incredible American, American story. story. Yeah, incredible. And if he would have if he would have taken that from his story and, you know, and people talk about, well, he said that before. He, he, said, he said it a couple of times yeah. that his life is a pretty charmed one. His, if he, he would have been, if he the would have guy, done that in every speech, if and lived it. If he actually lived what he said in his speech in two thousand six four, if he would have actually lived that, mm-hmm. if that was who he was at his core, but he wasn't. No. He was he was a redistribution of wealth. He was a pay them back for all of these problems. He was vindictive in many ways. That's what the core of his being, he had some, some, some resentment, and it was time for payback. You sit in the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. Somebody who really understands the American story knows that that quote that he did, you get in the back of the bus, that is the exact opposite of what allowed him to become president of the United States. With while we're fighting people called Barack in the Middle East, he becomes president of the United States. And he does it with a, a crazy, crazy upbringing. And he becomes the president. And we were excited. And we heard, not all of us were because of his policies, <laughs> but we were excited that it broke the barrier of a black man. And if he mm-hmm. would have just... Let that part and be a celebration and say, look, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Except that wasn't his attitude. It wasn't his attitude. He really took the opposite, which was like, you know, everyone's really racist. When his own story sort of disproves it, people don't care. People don't like people who lived in other countries. They're foreign. They're different. 
Well, I mean, he lived in other countries, and he came back here and became president of the United States. Yeah. It's too rough. With the name of one of our enemies, right. Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah. And, and Hussein was the name of the guy we were fighting at the time. And Obama was one letter away from, <laughs> from the other Osama. guy we were fighting. <laughs> yes. Right. Like, I, I remember hearing that Jeez. when he first started running, and someone made that observation. Look, this country is no way they're going to elect a guy with those two names. And there it is. <laughs> and we did. It happened. You and know, we he, did. a guy who they talk about. He could about, have been transformative. They talk about yeah, how he, life... He, he uh, could have been absolutely well, yeah. transformative. He was. He was transformative. In the, just, in the wrong way. In the wrong way. Just the way he chose to take those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it was always about how life is too hard uh, on people uh, who don't have enough money. And look, life is hard at times. However, he was able, and his family was able, even though they had an unstable family for a large portion of his upbringing, <laughs> he was able to overcome that, yeah. get into college, achieve all these things, eventually become president. He didn't and instead, even he takes the, the opposite. He was never even on the American mainland until he was 19 years old. He was in Hawaii and Indonesia the rest of his life. So it's a pretty amazing story. Broken family. And And I think this goes back to a central progressive belief. Like Barack Obama, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, they are both very aware that these things can happen, right? They've happened to them. But they think they are special. Yeah, they're the Most only ones. Most people, they are just, they just happen to be lucky and great achievers and they're amazing. But there's so many people who just can't do it like I can. See, that is the exact opposite. I mean, I have led a really charmed life. I came from a broken family. My mother committed suicide. We had the same thing going on. My, my, my. My childhood was, are we going to lose the family business? Uh, my mother, we moved to a very, very inexpensive house. Uh, and my mom struggled to make the payments on that. I mean, we, I, I live that life. Mm-hmm. And now look at me. And I don't look at me and say, oh, yeah, it's no, you me. Can't I'm do special. It. I look at other people and like, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. You know, you may get to the end and go, I wish I wouldn't have done it, but <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> That's true. And it's, it's, it really is a fundamental way of seeing the, the world differently. Yeah. You know, the progressives just, they, they see it as, I, I was lucky because I'm special, but no one else can do it. So I have to help them because I'm so wonderful. Uh, and I'm the only one who can make these decisions appropriately for these people. Where conservatives mm-hmm. say, look, you know, because I, I mean, I know we've all said this, you know, uh, like we, you, know, you feel lucky to be able to to be in a position where you're able to do a job that you love and 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 live a some a, some comfortable life, and we've all certainly married up. All of these things <laughs> that happen, and it's like I look at that always as like, gosh, I mean, how does this even happen, right? Like I mean, you worked hard and you tried your best, and you you fell into a couple of good things, and 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 wonderful things happen because there's a lot of opportunity here, and anybody can do it. Right. Like that's how I think conservatives look at the world. And mm-hmm. it's the exact opposite. It's that it's the uh, shepherd and sheep uh, or the sheep um, and the rancher thing you've mm-hmm. pointed out a few times mm-hmm. where progressives just believe you have to be a rancher to control all the sheep. And conservatives believe, you know, people can do these things on their own. They're not we're not sheep. Yeah. And they think the ranchers think that anybody who says I can do it on their own is a wolf. No, they're not. They're not. People aren't sheep. There are wolves. But the person who says, I want to go do it on my own, it's just because they're not a sheep. It doesn't make them a wolf. Everybody has a chance to be a shepherd, a sheep, right. a rancher. You, you go make your own way. And everybody who does make their own way is looked at as the wolf now. You're, you're a bad person if you uh, are successful. It's, 
I mean, the people who are successful and who have uh, achieved a lot, like billionaires, are now looked at as if they're immoral. Well, well why? For, How? For those who, I mean, I think you could make the case that some are. I mean, you look back oh, at some at, of everything is everything, yeah, right? Well, yeah, right, there's right, right. a lot of poor people that right. are immoral. There mm-hmm. are co- there are cops that are bad. Mm-hmm. Majority good. There are homeless people that are bad. Majority good. Uh, there's just just it's it's that's people. That's people. Mm-hmm. But we focus on the bad and we say that's all of them, and it's not all of them. There are those bad ones. And the problem with our system as we become more and more socialist is you get special deals. Well, now the system is starting to be corrupted by the few bad because the few bad generally like to hang out where there's lots of power. And so when you start to build this government with corrupt individuals and I I put I put Facebook and uh, and uh, Google into that category they are now spending more money than anybody else in lobbying on capitol hill but you don't hear about that you just hear about the evil jews that do it google spends more money on capitol hill than anyone else they they are writing laws you don't hear about that you don't hear about that why and this thing yesterday if if the democrats don't wake up to how corrupt their party has become, and I don't mean corrupt in business or money alone. I mean corrupt with the hatred of Jews that make no mistake. On Monday mm-hmm. at five o'clock, we're doing an expose of a couple of people in Congress and their their uh, their love for the Jewish people. You know, they're from Somalia, and so they just don't know. Uh, well, they knew how to run for Congress. They knew how to get elected. They're not dummies. How did they not know that we shouldn't say these things about Jewish people? Maybe, maybe then they're not smart enough or good enough to be in Congress. We're going to show you how much they do know and their connections. We're going back to the chalkboard on Monday. And if Americans don't see this, Democrats, good Democrats that are just your average person in the middle of the country who loves America just as much as as any conservative does, if they don't see that their party has jumped the shark and is now a socialist, not Sweden, an actual end of the free market socialist uh, 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 party that that now is a breeding ground for Muslim anti-Jewish hatred, uh, you're going to lose your country. You're going to lose your country. And that country is worth saving for all of us. All right. Uh, There's something called a VPN that I want to talk to you about. Um, VPN is a virtual private network, and it is something that if you've ever watched, you know, Mission Impossible, Trace, Trace, where's that, where, where's that message coming from? Where's that phone call coming from? And they, it bounces all over the world. That's a virtual private network. And it is not just for people who are spies. It's not for people who are trying to hide something. It's also for people who don't want Facebook, Google, everybody else tracking them. Not to mention things like public Wi-Fi. Right. 92% of people use public Wi-Fi at some time. And, of course, you're logging into your email, you're using passwords, you might be logging into your bank account, 
all that stuff is really vulnerable if you especially if you're not on a VPN. This stops all of that stuff. Everybody should be on a VPN. It's really easy. You download the app, you put in the password once, and you can access it now from your your laptop, your computer, whatever. It is uh, Norton Secure VPN. It encrypts everything. No one is tracking you or can you know hack into your system. Uh, Norton Secure VPN. Get it right away. Have the security that you that your life now requires. Norton.com, leader in security uh, on Internet forever. Norton.com slash VPN. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Get it now. That protection starts at $3.33 a month with your annual subscription. Get it now. Norton.com slash VPN. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is uh, coming up next. I, I, I cannot wait to hear what he has to say about uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, saying that Congresswoman Omar, she, I, I mean, yes, she's 37, but she's like a kid. She just doesn't know. She doesn't know how not to be anti-Semitic. She didn't mean it that way. I love how they're trying to turn this around on Republicans. 23 Republicans voted against denouncing hatred. Well, yeah, they, they voted against it because uh, you didn't name the person who did it. And you made it so generic. No, you made it about anti-Semitism is wrong. But so is also coming against the Muslims. Right. Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, however, that's not what this is about. This is about uh, Omar Talib. Uh, and um, and Sarsour, really, that are coming out and saying these horrific things. Yeah, and, and this is from the same people who, when they said Black Lives Matter, and we said, well, really, all lives matter. They're like, how dare you? You're distracting away from all of the important points we're making about. Wait a minute. This is the same situation, right? Like, th this one person... Is been saying, and several, a couple of people have been saying really anti-Semitic things. Now you're trying to broaden it to like these other groups mm -hmm. to deflect away from her. Yes, uh, and uh, now all of a sudden you've adopted that form of analysis. Yes, it's amazing. And it's it, what's incredible is when you see on Monday's TV show, when you see the connections to Hezbollah, uh, with people who say Israel doesn't have a right to exist, it's pretty shocking. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Relief factor. I am. I don't know if you can tell. I'm feeling good today. Feeling really good today. And uh, a lot of that has to do with no pain. When you're in pain, it is really difficult to uh, be enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, you can tell Bob Goff does not have pain. Or if he does, he's, an, he's a superhero. Yeah, I think hees might be a superhero. Yeah. Anyway, um, I want you to try Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. It actually really, really works. Works not only for me, works for a lot of people here in the studios. Uh, if you have the constant nagging pain and you just your back hurts all the time, or your neck hurts all the time, try it. Take it three times a day. It, try their quick start for three weeks. 70% of the people order more after because it works. Do it now, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com.
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, it has been an interesting week with anti-Semitism on Capitol Hill. Uh, Cohen has given new new documents to the House Intel Committee. Fox is not allowed to have any of their journalists on for the, the primary debates. Uh, I mean, there is just, I don't even know where to start. The liberal emergency probably is the place with Bill O'Reilly in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. LifeLock, somebody's identity is stolen every two seconds, and you could miss certain identity threats if you're only monitoring your credit. That is why LifeLock exists. Recently, 127 million records have been stolen from eight companies. They were put on the sale for the dark web at a grand total of $14,500 in Bitcoin. That's incredible. 127 million records. They are email addresses, usernames, passwords. You go to the dark web and you buy that, and then you go and buy something else that has the rest of the information stolen from someplace else, and you put it together. And now I have your whole life. That's what you're facing, and that's why LifeLock is so important. They detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if they detect your information is being used, they'll send you an alert. Nobody can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock uncovers the threats that you're going to miss on your own. So join now and get 10% off your first year by using the promo code BECK at 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK or go to LifeLock. LifeLock.com, promo code BECK, get 10% off LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK, promo code BECK. Bill O'Reilly writes, right at this second, four committees in the House of Representatives are thinking up more ways to investigate President Trump. Instead of concentrating on solving vexing problems like a $22 trillion debt, a record trade deficit with China, or thousands of poor people trying to surge the southern border, these Democrats in the House are worried about things like Ivanka Trump getting security clearance from daddy. The liberal emergency. Bill O'Reilly is uh, here to talk a little bit more about it. Hi, Bill. Hey, you guys. How you doing? Good. So tell me about the liberal emergency. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, so it's a the national emergency that Donald Trump declared on the southern border. Uh, the far left has declared a national emergency as well, but it's not the same. Their national emergency is Donald Trump's president. Okay, that's the <laughs> national emergency for many in the Democratic Party and the far left progressive movement. All right, so everything else, every other issue, is subordinate to that. We've got to get them out, no matter what it takes. We don't have to be honest. We don't have to be uh, um, insightful. If people get hurt in the process, well, that's collateral damage because it's a national emergency. Donald Trump's got to get out, and we're going to get him. So that's where we are in this country. So if you're expecting Congress over the next two years to solve any problems, they're not going to. And as you pointed out, one of the you know they can't even get one of their members – the Democratic Party to say, um, you know, maybe calling people who support Israel uh, greedy money people, um, that's not really very nice or accurate. I'm, I'm sorry I said that. 
maybe that could happen. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. They're not even going to do that. And they're not doing so, that because they don't are. they don't want to pull apart the coalition that is trying to get Donald Trump. I mean, that was the word from Joy Behar on The View. Why are they doing this? Why do they even have to talk about this? They're 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 separating themselves when our target is Donald Trump in 2020. That's right. But it's even a little bit more than that, because Jay, Joy Behar doesn't have the intellect to really understand what's happening in the country. Um, it's a little bit more than that. So you do have a, a genuine fissure in the Democratic Party. And you're going to see that in the upcoming campaign when Biden gets in. You'll, you're going to see it. That'll, that'll really crystallize it for everybody. So there's a genuine fissure between the far-left progressives who want socialism and, and uh, green uh, whatever they want, uh, totally, totally remaking the country because they feel the country is bad. And the traditional Democrats, Pelosi, uh, that, the party apparatchiks, who basically just want power. They don't want a big realignment of the country. They just want to run the show. So that fissure is there, and it's real. And when these young women in Congress come forth and say these insane things, the traditional Democrats go, oh, boy, this is going to make it even harder for us to obtain power. So that's what's going on in that party. Well, uh, Bill, doesn't there come a time uh, like the Labor Party? The Labor Party over in England has gone so far left uh, they're run by a guy who has never taken the side of England on anything, stood with the USSR during the Cold War, um, has never, ever stood with um, Great Britain. Same kind of stuff we're facing here. Um, and he is radically anti-Semitic and in, um, uh, uh, you know, in negotiations and and in cahoots, I should say, with Hezbollah and Hamas, wildly anti-Semitic and Labor Party members who are very left have now I think seven of them have left the party and said, uh, this is not the Labor Party. This is becoming something entirely different. Do you see that on the horizon at all? Are there any Democrats who will raise the flag and say, look, this is not the Democratic Party? No, I really don't see it because they might think that. But if they do that, the Twitter mob will descend on them and tear them to pieces. So you're saying that British well, were, British politicians have more uh, courage than American politicians? I, I can't generalize in that area, but I can tell you the fear among all politicians in this country and the United States is they're going to get torn apart on the social media apparatus. Yeah. So, so you you have to understand that this permeates into everything, everything. So no longer are you going to have Profiles and courage. You know, John F. Kennedy wrote a book, Profiles mm -hmm. and Courage. That's gone. Because if you stand up, if you're a Democrat in the House of Representatives and you stand up and you point fingers at the progressive movement and say, this is out of control, not only are they uh, besmirching uh, a great ally in Israel, but they're linking into anybody who supports Israel that they're money hungry. So this is out of control, and I, as a Democrat, are not going to tolerate it. I'm not going to tolerate it. 
Well, within 24 hours, your life is going to be uh, assaulted in a way that you cannot even imagine. You cannot even imagine. And, and these politicians, they don't want that. They, none of them do. And, and neither do the media people. So if you're on television, um, they haven't gotten a radio yet. I figure that's coming, but they haven't got radio. It's mostly television. If you're on television and you say what I just said, they're coming to sponsor boycotts. They're going to find somebody to accuse you of something. Um, and, and everybody knows it now that this is it's an extortion that is never before seen in the United States. And I'm telling people, I'm trying to be Paul Revere here, that you've got to understand this, the fear that has cloaked Washington, D.C., and honest media people. How much outrage have you seen about these comments about uh, Israel and Israeli uh, supporters? Well, I will. You haven't seen much, much outrage from the powerful people in Washington. No. They nearly mouthed it. Yeah. And oh, it's like Pelosi. Pelosi yesterday goes, well, she didn't really mean it. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. I mean, if you, tra- if you trace her whole history... She absolutely meant it. Mm-hmm. But there's Pelosi, yeah, 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 she didn't really mean She doesn't understand the power of the word she says. Uh, just keep in mind what I'm saying to you. Never before in this country has there been such a threat to honest reactions. What do you mean honest reactions? So if you feel that something is wrong and you stand up, and that oh, goes against the Twitter mob. That goes against the progressive movement. They're going to try to destroy you. Well, I mean, Bill. For you and your family. Look, if you didn't get it from Brett Kavanaugh, and I'm not saying you, Glenn Beck, and you, Stu. I'm saying you, the listeners. If you didn't get it from Brett Kavanaugh, if you didn't get what the potential for harm is now, then you'll never get it. It is why, honestly, Bill, I have been trying so hard to um, uh, try to bring conservatives together. And we've we have to stand together, even if we vehemently disagree with each other. We have to stay and stand together because they're going to pick us off one by one. They're all they've it's been not conservatives. It's not just oh, it's anybody. Yeah. You, you got to go into the precincts of the, the independents. And, and precincts of fair-minded Americans. I still believe, maybe I'm naive after all these years, that most Americans are fair-minded. And that if they actually knew what was happening... I agree. On a, two, on a two-front basis, the Twitter mob, the progressive movement, funded by tens of millions of dollars, combined with a corrupt media that basically wants to run the country. These six media companies that control 90% of the national news flow want to run the country. Jeff Bezos wants to run the United States. They have all the money they want. They can't buy any more stuff. So what's left? They want power. They're down at six companies. They want to run the country. You know, it's a, that's what you're seeing. It's amazing to me that uh, the Democrats say that they hate money in the system and uh, that these these um, uh, 
these PACs have too much money. They have, they're putting too much uh, money into the system. And look at Israel and, and how Israel is just pumping all this money, and it's wrong, and people should know about it. The leading, uh, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, investment, I guess, what do you call it, Stu? The leading um, lobbyists, uh, the people who are putting more money in lobbying than anybody else, are people like Google. And you don't hear anybody saying a word about Google or Amazon or anybody. That's that's where they're actually writing laws. Google is actually writing bills. And you don't hear anything about that. They they want the power. They have the money. They have the technology. But here's the best example that everybody can understand. A congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, we learn is now being run by a multimillionaire out of Fort Worth, Texas, who pays all her bills, who financed her entire campaign, and is now uh, being accused of funneling $850,000 out of that campaign into his private companies. You know this story, correct? Yes. Well, I know some of it. I didn't know. I, kn- I know about the funneling money. T- I didn't know about the uh, the person right here in my own backyard. Let me take a quick break and come back and you tell that story from the beginning, will you? Yep. Okay. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. That wasn't a request. It was a demand. Yeah. We'll tell that story well, why when should we come I, back. Why should I wait for his? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't want you to tell the story, Bill. <laughs> Uh, cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, going to play a significant role in our future. Bitcoin and crypto is not where everybody thought it would be right now. A lot of signs that point to a trackable digital form of money as a replacement to uh, uh, fiat currency. It's going to happen. It's important right now that you understand this and that you are on the cutting edge of this because the world is about to change. But as always, you have to do your own homework. This is why the Wall Street hedge fund uh, manager, Tika Tawari, an expert in cryptocurrency space, uh, has created a course that takes you through all of the basics and makes buying and selling crypto as simple as buying and selling stock. For a limited time, you can take a risk-free 30-day trial of this course by going to smartcryptocourse.com. Do it now. Call 877-PBL-BECK or just log online, smartcryptocourse.com. That's smartcryptocourse.com. Ten seconds. Break for station ID. So, Bill O'Reilly, you know, it's it's curious. I asked, uh, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, here she is, this woman who is a bartender, who's now wearing two, three, four, five thousand dollar outfits. She is living seemingly a jet setter's life. I know I know congressmen who come in and have to sleep on the floor of their uh, congressional office because they can't afford an apartment. She's got a nice place to live in uh, Washington, D.C. She rejected her uh, her predecessor's old office in her district because she said the rent was too high because the landlord was being greedy and was going to increase her rent to where it would be an exorbitant price. But she goes out and she finds a new office that is much more expensive than the exorbitant rate that the landlord was asking for the last one. And I wondered, where is this woman getting all of her money? Yeah, she's got a uh, godfather. And uh, as a young guy, uh, made his money in tech, Harvard grad, 
Fort Worth, Texas based, and paying all the bills. How do we know this bill? Nothing illegal about that. If, if somebody wants to pay your bills, uh, they can pay your bills. How do we know this? And um, what? How do we know this? Um, it's a reportage. I mean, I, I'm very cynical about the, the press, but uh, it has not been refuted by uh, the congresswoman. I was waiting for that. Okay. New York Post is lead, leading the investigation into this thing. Um, but it's real. Um, I don't know, for I don't see the receipts, but there's nobody that says, no, no, he's not doing this. Um, he seems to be. So if you step back, as I always do, and you say this woman had zero resources, nothing. Okay, nobody knows she was. And she couldn't possibly have defeated the incumbent Democrat, Crowley, who had been there for 20 years, because she didn't have enough money. And then all of a sudden she does have enough money. Okay, where did money come from? So, uh, you know, I think down the line, she's a short-termer in the House. I don't think she's going to be there long. I think she'll be uh, hosting a uh, reality program on NBC, uh, and that's her future. But for right I now, think that she, I think she would be happier there, and I think she'd be more well, dangerous she there. Wants to be a star. Yeah, she definitely wants to be a star, um, and she's not going to be a senator. She's not going to go any higher than the House. Her seat is secure. She'll, she's not going to get out of there. They'll, Bronx and Queens will put her back. I mean, because she's theirs, and and she's got you know now a profile, so she's can stay there forever in the House, but. She's going to get bored there, and uh, she's going to want to go to L.A. and uh, live large there. That's what's going to happen. All right. Let me uh, let me take you back to something that you wrote about in your op-ed about uh, trade deficits. We are now at a record trade deficit with China, which the president right. said that's what this trade war was all about. Uh, and now we are at, what is it, $900 billion, $900 billion um, which is a record. Um, it It is it's proving this philosophy that we're we're working under right now as being inaccurate. Um, what what do you what do you think on this? Well, I mean, for decades, China has played the uh, well. We're going to send you a thousand times more stuff than you can send us, mm-hmm. and and all the presidents have said, okay, <laughs> you know, just don't blow anybody up or invade any countries. And, and we'll, uh, we'll let you do that. So Trump, way back to 1990, you know I'm writing the Trump book, right? Yeah, yeah you've told yeah. me once or a thousand times. Okay. I mean, it will be 10,000 by the time. I know, I know. I, God, I know. But I'm, but there, there I'm going to charge you every time. I'm researching. I'm researching all Yeah, this. yeah. All right, so he's right in front of me. So Trump in 1990 starts saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, we're getting hosed here because our people can't sell to the 1.5 billion Chinese. They're putting every barrier in the world to sell our stuff over there, but yet we're taking their stuff no matter what they send us. And he's jumping up and down in 1990 about it. So nobody does anything about it because if you get involved with China, it's a very difficult thing. I'm hoping that that Trump can break through with some kind of deal um, that's better for the United States. Uh, You know, that would be terrific if that happens. He says it will. I'm not so sure. But that's what's going on. And China basically hoses us and takes the money. And it doesn't get to the Chinese people, of course. It gets to the uh, communists who are running the show in Beijing. That's who takes 
all the uh, American money, they skim off the top of everything over there. So there was something that was kind of disturbing because the one thing that I have agreed with Donald Trump on um, and he has brought me around on uh, with trade with China um, it was around Christmas time. He started talking about Huawei and 5G and how this is a national security risk. And I thought, okay, national security risk. I agree with this. 5G is the most important thing that is is coming our way. We cannot have the Chinese uh, have any access to 5G and the information because, you know, I'm sorry, I just don't trust the the communist Chinese. Um, and he was taking a tough stand this week. However, it looks like the white house may be just using this as a bargaining chip, uh, and, and using it on trade. Does he believe this is a national security risk or is this, uh, is this something that is just a a chip on the table? Well, look, Donald Trump wants to be reelected. Okay. Above all. And if he makes a deal with China that's better for the U.S. economy, the stock market will jump and uh, the business community will be very happy. So if it's between that and some kind of theoretical threat to national security, what do you think he's going to do? All right. Back with more Bill O'Reilly in uh, just a second. And I'm going to give you a sneak peek into probably the most important podcast we've ever done that airs tomorrow online coming up you're listening to glenn beck okay i want to talk to you a little bit about real estate agents i trust.com if you're trying to sell your home you have to trust the people um that you are that are handling the biggest investment of your life you don't know how, how do you pick somebody who's your real estate agent most people do it through a friend or i don't know this person sold my friend's house blah 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 you, you have to have somebody who has vetted these people to know that they are the right person for your house, for your area, that they have the right marketing system in place, that they know how to evaluate, and that they have your values. I mean, there's nothing worse than going out looking for a house or something, and you've got a real estate agent, and you're like, oh, jeez, I can't, can't wait from this person fast enough. We're moving to a new area. We don't know yeah, anybody. Right. Yeah. Realestateagentsitrust.com. They're all fans of this show. They've all been vetted. They are experts in the field. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Contact us. We'll put you in touch with the right real estate agent. Buy or sell your house fast. I've heard that Bill O'Reilly is writing a book about Donald Trump. That's coming out soon. You also have Killing the SSers out there. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Coming up more the next. With Bill O'Reilly on uh, Friday's Glenn Beck program, uh, Bill, I want to touch base quickly on Venezuela. Rubio is now saying that he wants the U.S. to initiate, quote, widespread unrest in Venezuela and looking to initiate a full on Syria option for Venezuela. Um, how do you feel about that? You know, I think Venezuelans should take care of themselves. I don't think we should be getting involved with that. Um, and we have no, we have no place in, in, should we be endorsing Maduro or does it matter? Yeah. I mean, that's fine. 
um, if the State Department believes there's fraud in the election and this guy, there is. Um, Duro, is the legitimate uh, leader, mm. sure. And you uh, help him out when you can help him out. But, you know, it doesn't do the United States uh, any good to involve itself in these unbelievably complicated uh, situations inside other countries. It just doesn't. Uh, we should do human- humanitarian stuff. Um, we can absolutely make our opinion known. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is uh, oppression by uh, the Venezuelan government, we can put sanctions on there and, and do all that. But for us to get directly involved like Rubio wants, I, you know, I, I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, let me let me talk to you now about the election. Let's spend the next few minutes just talking about the election. It, 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 it's astounding to me that the guy who used to be one of the top two liberal senators uh, in in the Senate for years and years and years, real, real lefty um, uh, Democrat was Joe Biden. And he's now being described as the moderate if he comes into the race. Um, what do you see with Joe Biden? How is he going to thread the needle here between, you know, the care supporters, uh, the the radical socialists and being, quote, in the middle? How's he going to thread that needle? Well, it's, uh, here's here's what I'm hearing back. You want the inside? Story? Yeah. No, tell me the outside story. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I can give you what everybody else gives you. No, don't give me the give me. I'll give you the inside. Okay. All right. Okay. So Biden, Biden's 77 years old and he really doesn't want to go to Iowa and New Hampshire in the winter. Okay. Yeah. Really doesn't want to do that. Doesn't want to put on the galoshes and go to the diner. He doesn't. Um, So he's talking to his big money men uh, on Wall Street. And this goes right against the progressive socialists, right? Mm-hmm. And he's lining them up. He's lining them up because there's 14 Democrats and he needs the thir- a certain threshold of money mm-hmm. to campaign, not retail, but on television and in social media. And that takes money. So he's got to have a certain threshold of money that he's sure he's got so he doesn't have to walk around shaking better he can. He'll do a little of that, but he doesn't want to do a lot of it. Okay, so once he gets the money, and I believe he'll get it, because the Democrats on Wall Street and in Hollywood, the, the real rich people, they don't want the crazy bomb throwers. Mm-hmm. Then he's going to make a deal with Kamala Harris. All right, and that deal made, might already have been made. You don't think it's Beto? No. Two white men are not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Um, so he's going to make a deal with Kamala Harris. He's going to say, look, when you're campaigning, you're not going to win. Don't be a nut. Don't be a loon. All right? Bring it back a little bit. And then I'll put you on the two. And she's going to make that deal. She's a young woman, and she knows Joe is going to be, uh, what, 79 when he takes the uh, oath of office? Oldest president ever. Yes. So that's what's going on, man. Okay. And- so tell me Biden now, will, go ahead. Yeah, Biden will, he will campaign as a moderate liberal. Mm-hmm. That's how he'll campaign. Okay. He's going to be Barack Obama Redu. Redu, how about that, huh? Yeah, nice. Um, all right, we see a six-point increase in Americans saying that Trump should be impeached, up now to 42%. 
how high does that number have to be before it would be wise for the Democrats to even do this to try? Never. Okay. Never. I don't think so either. Um, right. Because they, there's nothing to base it on. And, and Americans will be, I think, the independent precincts will say, you know what? I may not like Trump, but I hate these people more. 56% approve of the economy now. Overall, he has a 42 to 45% approval rating. What kind of rating does he need to win the election? No, he can stay in the mid-40s on job approval if the Democratic Party uh, continues to put forth an insane um, platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, if they continue to be self-destructive and do all kinds of nasty stuff that hurts the country and they don't have any solutions to any problems, which they don't, he can win with a 45. Bill, you, do you agree with the analysis that, it's you know, elections aren't about approval rating, they're about choices? And the bottom line is right now yeah. we don't know who they're running. If they run someone like Hillary Clinton again, he's going to win. Yeah, well, they're not going to run her. but uh, No, not her, but I mean someone as unpopular as her. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Okay, because Bernie will be out there every hour on the hour. Bernie, Bernie's going to be climbing in people's windows. Yeah, it's a (laughs) guarantee loss. Guarantee loss. Say say some crazy thing happens and Bernie gets it. Yeah. Well, then Trump doesn't even have to campaign. Trump will just beat him. You know, (laughs) because he's McGovern. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's going to be Biden, and and that's what's really going to happen. All right, Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Thank you so much, sir. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to your podcast tomorrow. Uh, it's a, it's, You're going to like it. Thank you very much. You're going to love it. It's, uh, right. it's a really good one. Thank you so much, Bill. BillOReilly.com. Uh, podcasts come out tomorrow. I want to spend some time on it because I think this is the most important podcast or the, the, the most, to me, the most riveting podcast that we have done. Would you agree with that, Stu, or how would you describe this? Yeah, it's not. It's important. It's different. It's, it, it's, it brings you back to, your, to the person you're supposed to be. Right. Right. And that's different than, you know, OK, well, we have a breaking news about, you know, some uh, some topic. It's yeah, it's bringing it's, us back to the, to the sort of person that we're designed to be. And, and that's the way we should look at the world. And you will. We talk about politics. We talk about things and you will see the world in a different way. And quite honestly, I think you'll see the world the way you used to see the world. Uh, and it it makes an awful lot of sense on winning the next election and uh, winning in life. All right, Liberty Safe. We'll get to that here in a second. First, let me remind you, Liberty Safe. Uh, we saw the photos of you know the tornado ravaged Alabama uh, this week. By the way, you can still help at MercuryOne.org. We need your help. We're on the ground there with our partners, uh, making sure that people have food and shelter and everything else. And our prayers are still with you, Alabama. Um, but if you have a Liberty Safe, uh, you saw that devastation there. Liberty safes, you know, when when a tornado comes through and the Liberty safe is bolted down to the foundation, they're not moving. They're not opening up. We have seen them when they're not bolted and they're lifted up by that tornado and they're taken and they're dropped like three blocks away. They're not open. They're still fine. We've seen them uh, with a whole house burned down where it's only the Liberty safe and the chimney remaining in a wildfire in California. They're fine. Everything inside is fine. It's Liberty Safe, and they're on sale now at the local Cabela's. So go to your Cabela's. You'll find them on sale, or you can find the great savings also online at LibertySafe.com. And make sure you check out the video at the top of the Facebook page. It'll be the best thing and most entertaining. It's something you should do on a Friday. Just watch it. 
It's funny. LibertySafe.com. That's LibertySafe.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, we have a really hard time talking to people right now, talking to people who disagree with us and our families are broken up. Our friendships have been broken up. And there is a podcast this weekend. It's my podcast. And I urge you to go to wherever you get your podcast and uh, subscribe to the Glenn Beck podcast. You will get every Saturday a one on one interview. They last anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes. Um, They're uncut. They're they're very candid and a lot of times with people that I disagree with or people that I really admire. Um, Bob Goff is one of those that I really admire. He is a guy who was an attorney and just changed his life, just totally changed his life and has this great attitude about, hey, I'm 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 going to be friends with everybody. I'm going to talk to everybody and I'm not going to sell out. And but I can make a difference. Um so much easier if I just listen to people. Let me give you two cuts from this weekend's podcast. Here he is, Bob Goff, on dealing with difficult people. I think you nailed it. I think there's a lot of people that have awesome doctrine and lousy theology. And this idea of it's easy to say to love your enemy until you have an enemy. Yeah. Until you have somebody that you feel disconnected. I don't feel like I have enemies, but there's certainly people that are difficult for me to be around. One of the realizations that I've had is that this idea of loving difficult people, that I'm one of them. (laughs) I'm actually among the difficult people in other people's lives. And I'm trying to say, how could I um, interact with people? There's a, for some people in faith communities, they're familiar with a verse that talks about like being ready to make a defense for the hope that's within you. And everybody wants to like, grab their swords and what they leave out the second half. And it said to to do with kindness and respect. And I think there's something beautiful about that. Like take Switzerland. They're not mad at anybody Hmm. and I'm not mad at them. Right. Right. (laughs) So I, if you just walk around with a bobsled and a bar of chocolate, Mm. you you can decide who you are And, and everybody's trying to decide what role am I playing in this? And I think there's a tremendous latitude in that, but I just think the role of grace, the idea of when people have just been kind to me, even when I've been wrong, that they just care more about uh, our relationship than they do about winning an argument about something. And there's something really respectful. What has helped me with the people that uh, like creep me out the most is to try to think of what is it that's driving this? Like what's the thing underneath the thing? And oftentimes it's just that they're really insecure. Me too. Like, uh, how do you respond when you get insecure uh, in a setting? Like, how do you deal with that? I get really funny. I get like, just, I get so, I start talking really fast and I get funnier and funnier than other people get mean as a rattlesnake. So how do you deal with your feeling? You get quiet and reserved. You go turtle on that, like Mm -hmm. head, legs, tail, everything inside. And so that even in our relationships that matter the most to us to just say, how do you deal with that? And to say, how are we like, uh, going to react to people? I, you know what I wear a mood ring. (laughs) I remember those things from the seventies. My wife's got one too. And there's something actually beautiful. What we do is we talk about, uh, how we feel more than what we want. It would be an interesting experiment. Try that for a, a week. 
to take the people that you love the most and say, don't say, I want a hamburger, say, I'm feeling hungry. If we could get in touch with how we're feeling about something, I'm not a touchy-feely guy, but that has been so helpful in my relationships to just talk about, I'm feeling really insecure right now. I know this sounds like, uh, you know, California crap, um, but he is, he is, he's so grounded and so successful. When you hear his story, he's wildly successful um, and grounded. And I believe he has the answers. If we are going to make it this next step, this is an important podcast. Here he is on having picky conversations. Listen to this. I've never lost a case. <laughs> and it's not because I'm an awesome lawyer. I'm an awesome picker. I only pick You're an cases. awesome picker. Picker. Yeah. I don't lose. I only take cases that nobody could lose. And so, so there's one of these things that just be a little bit pickier about the conversations that you're having with people. And when you see this, say like, you know what? I wouldn't trade our friendship for the trajectory of this. And I don't, you don't have to work for NASA to know the trajectory of where this is going. Say that wouldn't be worth it. Um, you'll know that I am, I'm disinterested when I start talking about sports, <laughs> Me too. Me too. but if you know why you're doing, you will yeah. not see me very often without wearing a Boston Red Sox hat. And, uh, I, I'm not a Red Sox fan, never even gone to a game, but my neighbor, Carol was a huge Red Sox fan and she, we knew she was going to be in heaven by the end of the weekend. So we made a deal. I told her, Carol, I'll wear your Red Sox hat for the rest of my life and represent the Sox here on earth. Mm. But in exchange, every time Jesus walks by you, you need to mention my name. (laughs) There's a verse that said, I knew you not. I'm like, Carol. (laughs) But here's the deal. When I go through New York, people hiss at me. And they just be like, because they're rooting for the other team, evidently. And if they knew that I was wearing my dead neighbor's hat, they would just actually have a different angle on that thing. And I don't stop people to tell them the backstory, but I think if I could just assume in people that I don't understand, there's probably mountains of stuff going on there that I don't know about. Uh, Bob Goff, uh, this weekend on the Glenn Beck podcast, um, I urge you to listen to it and send it to your friends, subscribe to the podcast. And, uh, this one you don't want to miss. There's a few of them that are just really remarkable people this guy this guy lives in a neighborhood where the whole neighborhood changed not just because of him but a guy who lives down the street um when he took out his trash to the to the to the curb you know the big trash bins he would go from house to house and he would take everybody's trash bin and take it and put it by the curb and then the next morning he would go and he'd put them all back Nobody asked him. Nobody said anything. And he just, he was like, "Ah, that's what I want to serve my neighborhood. I just want to be a good neighbor. I mean, it's incredible how the bubble this guy lives in because people are just choosing to be different. He's a, the whole lineup of podcasts is really interesting. I mean, you have everything from like really amazing personal stories of, of people going through incredible things. A guy who committed murder who you just want to hug at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people who are doing amazing things. You know, a, a young guy who's like who's going around the world to document World War Two veterans uh, making no money, making no money, but just, just doing it because he cares about it. he's like in his he, tw- early 20s. He loves these veterans. Yeah. And everything to, you know, dissecting real like conservative, uh, you know, ways of thinking. Of, you know, deep into these books and talking, explain, talking about with Deborah So yeah. about 
you know, transgenderism and all of this yeah. stuff. I mean, it, there, it's a great podcast. Comes out every Saturday. 25 Sub- episodes of it or something like that? 26? Yeah. Subscribe now and then just start to binge on them. You will love these. A very, very different approach to uh, what I do. The Glenn Beck Podcast, available wherever podcasts are found. You're listening to Glenn Beck. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It's Friday. I, I, I hate this. I absolutely hate this. Every election in my life. The most important election ever. Oh, I hate that. However, I actually think this one might be. This one may be the end of the republic and the free market system. So... Who's got a plan? Because the plans we've been making, they're not working real well. I don't know if you noticed that. What do we need to do to be able to win the hearts and the minds of especially so many people who are at the younger end of the spectrum who just think socialism is neat? It's really not. So how do we... What's happening on our campuses and what's happening with people under 30 in America? What is the future of America's youth and the future of the conservative movement in America? We go there with Will Witt in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Simply Safe Home Security is a company that has been with us for a long, long time. I love these guys. Started with a guy whose grandfather was a, a tinkerer and uh, uh, an inventor and actually helped us wor- win World War II uh, by modifications that he made to our tanks that just allowed them to, you know, to tear the bad guys apart in World War II. He really wanted to be like his grandfather, and I, he was either at Harvard or MIT, and um, he, they had a problem in the neighborhood that all of his friends were being robbed, and it was all college you know, people that were in their last year of college, and they were just renting for the year, so they couldn't you know, sign a long contract with an alarm company, yada, yada, yada. And so his friends were robbed, and he said, you know what, I'm going to make something for you. So he made an alarm system and then pretty soon it started catching on all around the neighborhood and he was making for everybody. And then he went, wait a minute, I'm turning into my grandfather. This might be a business. Simply safe protects your home 24 seven. No hidden fees, no contracts. When they started with us, they had five employees, five or six employees. Now they are protecting over three million Americans. They are on the grow because they do it right. No contracts, no strings attached. The, the, the prices are unbelievable. $14.95 a month and no contract. You also own the system and it's state of the art. It's simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, simplysafebeck.com. Will Witt is a social media influencer. He's with PragerU. He's a guy who 
um, knows his own mind and is now on a speaking tour uh, talking about the three ways to beat the left. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I love being here. So how old are you? I'm 22. So I'd be graduating as a senior in college uh, right now if I would have stayed in. How are you not a monster? Seriously. I mean, I watched you at CPAC. You were, you're like Brad Pitt. You're walking around and all the girls are like, oh, Will is so great and he's so smart. I just love, I'd be a monster if I were you at 22. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but it, uh, <laughs> there's, there's, it's hard sometimes. But, uh, you know, Dennis has been such a huge mentor to me and has yeah. taught me so much that, I mean, that's why I work for Prager U yeah. specifically because of Dennis and his, his teachings to me has made me not a monster and yeah. he's wonderful you are lucky to have uh, have that as I a really mentor am. he I is really he is a remarkable man yes uh and has made such a huge difference um uh in our country so you're you're traveling now are you speaking on campuses yes yeah, so i'm speaking at campuses i'm speaking at events just last night i was in McAllen, texas mm-hmm. speaking at the lincoln reagan day dinner down there mm-hmm. that was a fantastic event i've never mm-hmm. been down there or that close to the border yeah it's great that there were so many republicans there yeah it's fantastic and and you're talking about three ways to to beat the left yeah what are yeah. they so the first one is that we have to convince liberals that they're our friends the left has duped liberals into believing there's a difference between left and liberals you can't mm-hmm. use those terms synonymously yes and that liberals need to be convinced that conservatives share the same values as them. They believe in um, the values of America. They believe in the Constitution, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment. They don't like socialism. Uh, the only difference really between liberals and conservatives in a lot of ways is that liberals believe in bigger government. But they've been duped by the left to believe that leftists are their friends. And the leftists don't stand for any values mm-hmm. that America was founded on. Yeah. And so we have to convince liberals that... They are with conservatives. Liberals used to fight for, you know, the, the Bill of Rights. Right. Um, and and they they were they were radicals on those things, which was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was painting this painting over here, which is uh, it, oh, I love it. Thanks. It's <laughs> it's big government in bed with big tech and big social media. And and as I as painting that, I thought. I can't believe Glenn Beck is the one painting that that should be coming from the left. Right. And and they don't see it They're They are actually promoting those things. Right. And the liberals who who should believe this are blind to it right now. Right. It's right. crazy. Yeah. No, they've completely changed. Right. The left is is so out of touch with America and what the common people want that they I mean, their main mission is to destroy America with what they want. They are for socialism. They are against freedom of speech. They want to silence you if you disagree with them. These, these are not the values that classical liberals have ever stood on. They'll tell you that socialism, oh, stop using that and trying to scare people. I don't want scary socialism. We want Swedish socialism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what they always say. But now the, these people like Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, they, they used to have to hide that they were socialists, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's just... They say it proudly mm-hmm. that they're socialists and they say democratic socialists like that makes it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, it's ridiculous that we have people in Congress and, and in our, our country that proudly support these ideas. It, but they've wanted to for a long time. It's when, right, I, when right. I was at Fox, I said because I was getting heat because calling somebody a socialist apparently was you're a racist for doing that. Um, and they were calling me a racist, and I and I said this, and in a way, I was trying to call them out because right. they want 
to tell you who they are. You know, they right. really want to. They're proud that they are socialist. And yeah, that's right. And you know what? There will be a few people that will have to go. <laughs> you yeah. know, they want to do it. And I said, look, this is who they are. And and right now they're saying this, but there's going to come a time when the masks will come off and they'll just say, you're right, because you know what? This free market system doesn't work. And that's right. If you, if that's what if that's uh, uh, what a socialist is, then I'm proudly that that's exactly what they're saying now. Right. And I think it's funny that these same people like Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, Elon Omar, they claim that they love America. Like when, at the State of the Union, when Trump mm-hmm. is chanting USA, they're chanting mm-hmm. back USA, USA. But that, it, it doesn't make any sense because you can't say you love America, but you want to radically transform it. You know, mm-hmm. Dennis always talks about how if you have a wife, you don't love your wife if you want to radically transform her, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so it's the exact same thing. These people don't love America. They want to mm-hmm. radically transform it. Yeah. I used to talk about how uh, when Barack Obama said we, we want fundamental transformation, no, if if you have the Mona Lisa and you respect it, you restore it. Right. You don't fundamentally transform it. Right. And the new Green Deal, I don't think they're even serious about. I mean, I, I'm sure there are, many are, but I think the people in Congress are not necessarily so serious about the Green New Deal being green. Because the the part that disturbs me in that bill, the one that actually was being presented, not the you know, not the the Ocasio-Cortez thing talks about the fundamental transformation of America's economic system. Right. That's what they care about. The whole green thing is a cover to get you to go in and fundamentally transform it and take away the free market. Right. Well, I just tweeted about this this morning is that there was an article from 1989 from AP News, where they talked about, yeah, by 2000, entire nations were going to be destroyed by global warming, right? Yeah, right. And now it's 2019, and yeah. that's, of course, never happened. Ocasio-Cortez says 12 years. It's a front for, for votes and for creating hysteria to get you to them their side. And they mm-hmm. want to say that conservatives, Republicans are so anti-environment, and they don't care about if seals are dying, you know, these sorts of tropes. And that's so that they can win over votes, make us look bad, because we don't care about something that is really a false narrative of course the climate is changing but not in not in any sense that these these people are professing i i I grew up uh in the 70s and i remember when i was about your age the joke was where's the ice age yeah exactly you know and and they were saying at the time we this was in time magazine we have to put soot black (laughs) soot on the polar caps to melt them, to draw the heat in from the sun, to melt them, because we're all going to be living under ice. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it's crazy. I, you know, approximately 75 years before Will was born, there was a movie called The Money Pit that came out <laughs> with Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. And I, it happened to be on like HBO or something. They're not even watching it. And one of the recurring jokes throughout is, you know, this is a house that's like all, you know, it's a disaster to try to fix up and they're trying to get all these contractors to come over. And every time they ask how long whatever project it is is going to take to finish, they always just say, ah, two weeks. And then, you know, three months later, they come back, how much longer? Two weeks. And it happens over and over and over again. That is the global warming argument. It's always 10 or 12 years from any point. From now, it's 10 or 12 years in the future. From 10 or 12 years ago, it was 10 or 12 years into the future, which is today. 30 years ago, they said 10 or 12 years ago, there was a turning point. They are never held accountable for for these promises, they say, of of doom that are coming our way. And if they get their way, 
they then it will be systematic. Then it will be well because of what we did. Right. We've postponed it <laughs> yeah. another ten or twelve <laughs> years. Exactly. But exactly. we've got to take this next step. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to realize this is our World War Two. Okay. <laughs> this is our World War Two. Yeah. We're how, fighting how, against. How insulting is that? Oh my God! I can't believe that she would even that that would even cross someone's mind to say. Think of the people that yeah. fought and died in oh, World War II, and we're like, yeah, you know what? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet that we should all uh, have a seventy percent tax uh, because <laughs> yeah. that's my, that's my World War II. Wow, uh, yeah. the I'm, World War II actually ended in some vaporization yeah. <laughs> of people. Exactly, getting yeah. people to shop at Whole Foods is much different yeah. than, <laughs> than World War II. Our I'll World War II is zero point nine degrees centigrade. <laughs> really? That's your World War II? Is that even exactly. a full Celsius degree? <laughs> it's just incredible. It's astonishing. I was in West Hollywood uh, a little while ago. I'm sorry for that. Yeah, I know. Well, I live in Hollywood myself. That's I'm sorry why. for that. Yeah. Well, no, I like it because I get a. It's. Uh, I like to be in places where there are people who disagree with me. That's how I always something? Thrived. Yes. Uh, I have. I've. I've had a better life in Texas, but I am not as sharp as when I lived in Manhattan. Right. Because when you're living and you're the only person within a three-block radius that believes what you believe, you have to always be on your toes. Right. And there is something to be said for that. Right. Yeah, no, I'll tell you a story. I was actually, I was out, this was a few months, or about a month and a half ago, two months ago. And I'm out and I meet this girl and we're talking and it's and it's a lot of fun. And then I show her my social media. She's like, okay, I got to go. Like, let's <laughs> go out some other time. I show her my social media. And the first thing on there, it's a picture um, of me with some guns. And then she tells me, she says, oh, F off and then leaves. And it's like, this is wow. the, the tolerant left of... I've made girls cry when I tell them who I voted for all the time in L.A. So really? it's breaking like, hearts, breaking awesome. hearts, breaking that's, that's how hearts it goes in L.A. Oh, ruining their my dreams. Gosh. Yeah, I love it. He was so good looking, and then he turned into the devil. Yeah, I didn't know he was Hitler reincarnated. <laughs> all right, hang on just a sec. More in just a second with Will Witt. First, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter. Uh, it's really hard to hire people, especially if you're a you know a small-run business. But ZipRecruiter is something that's used by Fortune 100 companies as well uh, because the system is just so good. Uh, but you know, if you're trying to f- if, you're, if you're going to job uh, websites and you're downloading uh, a bunch of resumes, it takes so much time to go through this. You're just deluged with all these resumes. Simply Safe, I'm sorry, uh, ZipRecruiter has a really good system. They've got floors. They, they took over the Google building in Los Angeles. They have floors and floors and floors of programmers for algorithms that are looking for the right fit for you. They're the largest job site out there. And now if you post your job with ZipRecruiter.com, uh, what's going to happen is that algorithm is going to go find it invites people that they know are looking for jobs to apply to the job that uh, you have. They also highlight the ones that are the closest match. You'll get a qualified candidate many times in the first hour after posting. You want to fill that job with somebody who is right for your business and fill it easily. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Try it for free right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. You're never going to hire any other way. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID.
This is the Glenn Beck Program with Will Witt. Will just reminded me, um, you told the story about your profile picture had a gun in it, and uh-huh. it made this, this, this girl run away. A friend of mine was on a dating app, uh, and he had his profile picture uh, with a gun in it as well. And um, it was at a prof- it was during a professional like um, it was at a range in a shooting competition. He does these you know shooting competitions, not pointed at the camera, not posing with it in some dramatic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pulled down his profile and sent him this message: As mass shootings continue to devastate communities across the country, it's time to state unequivocally that gun violence is not in line with our values, nor do these weapons belong on our platform. With this in mind, we are no longer allowing any photos to be updated, uploaded to Bumble. That's the right. That's, that's the, what Bumble. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, c- containing any kind of firearm, unless the individual is military or law enforcement and in uniform. It's like, oh my gosh, this is a constitutionally guaranteed right. It's not your constitutionally guaranteed right to have a profile photo on Bumble. However, <laughs> like the founders it, didn't see that's how stupid they were. Yeah, they Thomas Jefferson swiping right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's like this is a, a fundamental part of our culture, of our society. It's a guaranteed right. And you can't even have a photo in it in your profile now people could decide as they did with you to say you know what i don't want anyone who likes guns i don't want anyone who i saw your video of like i don't want anyone to date anyone who has a trump hat on like you can make those decisions but to ban it is just so insane we just live in such a weird time well you'd think that on a platform where you're looking for people on a thing like tinder or bumble where you're looking for people swiping right or swiping left the main purpose should be to have people on there that people are going to swipe left that's no on right right so to say that you would take someone off for their viewpoint i mean their guidelines are anti-conservative they do a lot of other stuff these uh dating apps bumble specifically yeah uh, promoting left-wing causes all the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so it's just they're blatantly left um i think they're i think they're in los angeles i believe the the headquarters so yeah, yeah they they push for left-wing causes if well, you're conservative not in texas <laughs> yeah um people in texas don't need, dating, so, yeah, so, don't need dating apps as so much. let me <laughs> let's just go out and grab our women and drag them back um the uh uh l- let me go back to your first principle uh and you're saying we have to make friends with liberals right how do you do that well the the most important thing that that i found is having liberals have to rationalize their decisions to you. So there's a difference between me going up to someone who is a liberal who thinks that conservatives are wrong because of the media, but they believe in liberal values, and you have to convince them to tell them their ideals to you. You can't tell them what to think. You have to teach them how to think and, and how to actually communicate that. Once they're able to, to to figure these things out for themselves and actually communicate with you, then they're much more likely to have an open mind and, and think for themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, so how do you do that? You just did that with that girl. Now, it was a short period of time, yeah, yeah, and yeah. she immediately saw, oh my gosh, you're a monster. Right. And so I do this with my videos a lot, where I go out on the street, and I'm interviewing people, mm-hmm. and I'm able to do a, a great job by keeping a level head and, and staying calm with the people I talk to. And you find that a lot of, like, okay, another example. I was in an Uber a little while ago, right? And I meet this this woman. She, I'm in a suit. I look nice. And she asked me, she says, oh, what do you do? You look very nice. I'm like, oh, I'm a political personality. And she's like, oh, that's so great that we have young people who are out there getting Trump out of office. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely. Right. But we start talking. Uh, just I usually don't talk politics with Uber, but mm-hmm. we talk for mm-hmm. a little bit. She was against affirmative action. She was against the welfare state. She wanted fathers in the home. She was against putting transgender bathrooms in elementary schools. It was like all these different things she talked about were conservative liberal values. Right. And it's like, 
at the end of the conversation, I was able to convince her that the, those same things are what conservatives stand on. Mm-hmm. And like, they just don't realize that I believe that you're born a conservative, you're born having liberal values, and you have to be taught to be a leftist or taught to be taught to think that conservatives are bad. So making people rationalize their own, their own viewpoints and realizing that that is a conservative viewpoint, that is a liberal viewpoint, you have to make them realize that, tell them that that's really that that's this is what the this is what the left has done with the black community though as right. well right. i mean if you talk to the black community their values are conservative yes very much so. they're conservative they've just been convinced that no 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 the republicans are bad right right um all right so Tip number two on on how to win against the left. Well, that was all tip one. We did twenty five t- minutes yeah, that, on just tip one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, it's a run good out tip. of time. Yeah, it's a good run, tip. It's a good tip. It is a yeah. good tip. Tip number two is to make God great again. This is something that I think is incredibly important, especially as someone myself. I was an atheist my entire life, right up until about two three years ago. I was an atheist the entire time. Really? I thought God was stupid. I thought religion was stupid. The Bible, all that. Who needs that, right? Some guy in the sky telling you these things. And then I realized when I started again working with Dennis and he was a mentor to me on this. I know he's Jewish. Uh, I'm Christian now, but um, with everything he talked to me about, and you realize that the founding fathers set this country up. And even with you, when I came to that night that you had uh, about nine months ago, mm-hmm. when I came to the thing, you showed me all those documents that the founding fathers had about mm-hmm. the, the founding of this country. Mm-hmm. They wanted a secular government with a religious people because you get your morals from God, not from government and the left has replaced um god with government and so there's a a huge gap of people's morality there in america because they don't have religion they don't have god and so i believe that that is a pinnacle of what we have to bring back all right so let's get into that here when we come back and then uh also uh we'll hear tip number three uh from (sighs) brad pitt (laughs) Uh, just know you end up looking like me in the end yeah. You do. Gravity you always wins. <laughs> Gravity I'm wins. To that. I'm looking forward <laughs> yeah. to that. Shut up. Uh, all right. Back in just a second on the Glenn Beck Program. <laughs> You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about Field of Greens. Um, you know, one of the reasons I look like this is um, <laughs> I never exercised, never ate well, did drugs, did it all mm-hmm. and uh that's what makes you look that's what makes you look like me kids don't do it um now i still well i stopped smoking stopped taking drugs stopped drinking but God, do i have to have a salad you've given up so much i've given up so much <laughs> i'm not giving up the food i like for a stupid salad i hate it i hate it that's why i have a sharp tooth on each side of of, of my of my teeth all right field of greens is the real usda organic fruits and vegetables complete with antioxidants it boosts immunity it has everything that you're supposed to have every day in your fruits and vegetables and salads and everything else so get your wife off your back just do field of greens brickhouseglen.com promo code glenn you have one spoonful you're done 15 percent off now Go to blazetv.com slash Beck and join Blaze TV. It's a, it's a great value, and you can get 10 bucks off of it by using the promo code Beck.
This is the Glenn Beck program. We're talking to Will Witt, social media influencer. He's with uh, PragerU. He's currently on tour, and he's got a from here. He's got to struggle all the way to Hawaii uh, <laughs> to speak at a couple of universities over in Hawaii. Oh, how do you do it? Um, we're talking about that. You're speaking on the three we, three ways to beat the left, um, and the first tip you had was. We have to make liberals, not progressives, liberals our friends to show liberals that, yeah, we're for the Bill of Rights. You're for the Bill of Rights. Right. Uh, the second is that our rights come from God, and he is the center. It's not government. It's God. Right. What's the third? The third is is a tip that I think young people especially need to take in, and people who live in left-wing areas need to take in, is to never sacrifice your values for anything. Mm. And there are people, again, I live in Hollywood. And so I remember I was, I was at a the hotel Roosevelt, if you're familiar with mm-hmm, what that is. Mm-hmm. And I was around there and one of the guys who worked there, he came up to me and like whispered to me and he's like, Hey man, I know who you are, uh, but I can't talk here. We're in enemy territory, but I love, I love what you do. And I don't want to seem like I'm friends with you cause I'll get fired, but mm-hmm. I, uh, I love what you do. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, this happens all, all the, the time, time, all the time with people who are in these industries that are mm-hmm. ran by the left and, and there are secret conservatives. Mm-hmm. And I tell people to, to not be secret conservatives. You need to be bold about your values. Because if, if we don't stand up for what we believe in, everything is going to continue to get worse. Texas is going to look like California mm-hmm. if people in Texas don't stand up for what they mm-hmm. believe in. And if people in California don't stand up for what they believe in. I truly believe that. I think people just think, and this is, this is, this is natural, that people think it can't get much worse than this. And I'm just going to weather this storm. And by remaining silent... When it's relatively easy, it's only going to get harder to stand up. You right. know, courage is a muscle, and if you're not exercising the muscle of courage, you're just you're going to be too weak to when you really have to stand. Right. I'll tell you these these social media giants, these uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and them, and then also even the the brands, something like a Now This, a BuzzFeed, an AJ Plus. These companies have huge, huge budgets that you know dwarf the the, the prager u budget they're much larger than the like the mm-hmm. prager u budget and it's like they are reaching millions upon millions of people every single day and it's like this is what we're fighting against that we can't just say um yeah i'm going to stand by and just let this happen mm-hmm. no these people are are fighting to radically change this country yeah. to destroy what we believe in if i i would feel guilty if i wasn't standing up and trying to do something to change it when you have um when you are going into these universities and campuses, the greatest ideas and the thing that should unite us is truly all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, that's a game changing idea and, um, and a mission that really has never been fulfilled, but is and because it's hard because it is so grand. The Bill of Rights. How do we how how does that catch fire again? Because it's been so damaged and so misunderstood. How does the promise of what our founders wrote come alive again? Yeah, I think we have to look at what the left believes in and that the left is for um equal opportunity and equality of outcome as well so they want everyone to end the same as well even if they don't work as hard they're Mm -hmm. unwilling to work you know according to the green new deal Mm -hmm. um this is what they want and so that's why they've completely radicalized the the meaning of the bill of rights and the constitution everything 
And so really to bring this back, I mean, I really do. I, I know I just said this, but it takes the strong values of people who are going to go to places that are left wing. I tell this to people a lot of times. People ask me, they say, uh, where do I send my kids to college so they don't turn into a leftist? Or where do I go to school so I don't turn into a leftist? And I say, send your kids to Boulder. Send your kids to Berkeley. Send your kids to UCLA. Because you should be going to these places to strengthen your values and try and change the places that are in there. With this, you're able to, to actually make changes. They did a study, actually, that when conservatives go to college, they remain conservatives, Right. And that's, that's something that I think is very powerful. And so if we send these conservatives to places that are dominated by the left, we can try and change those views and, and change the atmosphere. I, I, I wonder, though, if we are sending them without any uh, armor uh, or a sword of any sort. I mean, most, most uh, people going into college, they cannot tell you what the Bill of Rights are. They can't tell you the first five in the in the first amendment right. <clears throat> let alone you know 10 yeah um uh, they don't know the declaration of independence they don't know the founding principles they know you know progressives bad conservatives good and vice versa mm-hmm. you know that it's even i think a lower uh, uh civics education on the left mm-hmm. um i just did a video on this yesterday that we released what is it i went to dc um, I was at the National Mall and I asked people if they could answer basic trivia, basic American history trivia. Didn't know who the first president was. At the Lincoln Memorial, they didn't know who the 16th president was, <laughs> uh, which is just dumbfounding. Um, and also it was interesting. They all thought that JFK or not JFK, Lincoln was a Democrat as well. <laughs> not, a, not a Republican. Founded the Republican Party, wow. which was very funny. Um, and yeah, I've, I do videos like that all the time. And yet the lack of American history... I think is is why people turn to leftism because if you don't understand why this country was founded why how this country was founded the values that it was founded on then you're going to want to transform this country and that's what leftism is all about correct give me some good news leave me it's friday give me some good news about um the things that you see happening i'll tell you we have a student program with prager u uh it's called prager force excellent program if you're a student you should definitely check it out on PragerU.com. but we just got a student from venezuela to join Prager for us, wow. which is something that is fantastic to me. It gives me hope that we can have someone from Venezuela who watches PragerU videos and the people in Venezuela aren't too busy digging through the trash that they can go mm. and, and watch our videos and be impacted by what we're mm. doing. So I think that that's incredible. The future of the conservative movement in America, how does it go from here? I think it's going to be very social media driven. I hope that's not too cliche, but I think it's actually very important is that it's going to be things that are easily shareable, things that are are quick for people to understand and and break down. And that way it's going to reach the widest audience possible. So those are like PragerU videos. Those are like my videos that are under five minutes Uh and that are reaching, you know, billions of people. We just hit 2 billion lifetime views uh, just the other day. Unbelievable. It's like, this is the future because people's attention spans are, are, are so, so little at this point. Right. So, um, I really think that's the future, and I think uh, conservatives are also heading in a more, I don't want to say progressive way, but I want to say in a way that is very, um, I guess you say, open to everyone. I think there's a lot of conservatives nowadays who are going for things like gay marriage, um, as an example, mm-hmm. uh, who want to do things like, uh, who believe in transgender rights and these sorts of things, or not just transgender rights, but you know, uh, 
believing in all sorts of genders and stuff like this is some of the way that the conservative movement is going i don't know if that's necessarily the the right future of the party but i do see it going in this way and that's why it's even important for conservatives to to stick up their stick up for their values even within the conservative movement yeah it's i mean there's a, a libertarian um thing that uh, a, a strong streak at least in me that i don't really care what you do in right. your life but once it starts to inf- um, infringe on my rights, you know, I can't be- I can't force you to to live a certain way, but don't force me to live a certain way. And that's really the American way. Um, and and when science is the answer uh, and we have empirical <coughs> data, then you go for the empirical data and you and you use reason we've we've detached the left has detached us from any kind of reason whatsoever and then any kind of tolerance in the name of tolerance right. to be able to live together right well the left wants to tell you how you should live your life but they don't even practice their own guidelines yeah it's like feminists saying like oh yeah you should date uh beta males and and all that and then <laughs> right. they're dating like six foot two biker dudes in leather vests right right, right. it's like they don't even follow the the things that they preach correct human nature um will witt thank you so much for being on with us thank uh, you he's with prager university PragerU.com. also you can follow him on twitter at the will witt thanks will all right let me tell you about uh, x chair x chair is our sponsor this half hour all x uh, all chairs are not the same x chair is like the most comfortable chair that you're going to sit in um if you have pain anywhere um the chair you sit in makes a huge huge difference this is not just a comfortable chair for backs. This is a chair that I'm not saying I have closed the door of my office and fallen asleep in it. I'm just saying you could fall asleep in the middle of meetings. You don't have to hide that. <laughs> we, we see your eyes closed. <laughs> We're aware. Only because you guys are so boring and the chair is so comfortable. Mm. X chair. They've made a couple of modifications that make them even better. You can check them out online and you're going to understand why I love X chair and you will too. Don't forget to check out the new X chair basic as well. Great chair at a really great price. X chair. All of them come with a 30 day no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Take advantage of X chair's new financing option and pay as little as $30 a month with X chair on sale now for $100 off at xchairbeck.com. That's the letter X chair B-E-C-K dot com. xchairbeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck program. I mean, we are just having it's a it's an all out Marvel war here um, uh, in every way. Awful. Captain America. No, Captain America. Uh, Captain. What is it? The, Captain Marvel is coming out uh, yeah. this weekend. And this is when I have to just avoid social media for a weekend. I see everybody's stupid reviews of the superhero movie. Yeah, I'm out. not going to review it. I'm not Ugh. going. You're not going. Why? Nope. It's the first one that I'm, I'm just not going. She said, I hope there's just not a lot of men that are going to this. Okay. All right, I can make that happen. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. It is interesting how they like. It's the same thing happened with uh, Black Panther. They're like, it better not be a lot of white people going to this thing. I'm okay. Like, oh, all right. I got you know got about what seventy percent of the country gonna, yeah. gonna be tough on uh, receipts now. Of course, yeah. people did not listen. As by the way, the director 
did not want white people not to go to the movie. So yeah. we should point out that that yeah, is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there were actors in the movie who were saying things like that. Well, this so this it. one is just the the lead role, and I guess she's caused a lot of trouble with the rest of the actors. Uh, and they're even talking about now of like she may not be uh, Captain Marvel for long. Oh god, what so a tragedy! Be, that would be. I mean, that's sixteen shows. If that can happens, I tell you sixteen consecutive programs dedicated to her losing that role. Can I tell you something though? Uh, that's a job you have for a long time and a good paying job. You don't you want get to lose that a job. Like that. Don't lose that gig. Well, the guy, remember the guy who got uh, fired from the uh, directing the Guardians of the Galaxy series yeah. because yeah. you know I, I remember what he made it back like a, Deal a risque the, joke like ten years ago or yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, that was a, you know, that's a good gig. Yeah, that, that's now, a good gig. The first one was really good. The second one um, belonged in a dumpster immediately after <laughs> being printed. So. Uh, they should have I, just taken it and digitally thrown all computers that ever hosted it into a, a giant burning dumpster. But the first one was really good. I, I have to tell you, I, uh, I, I, I'm a Marvel fan and I can't believe I'm a Marvel fan. Um, but I, cause I didn't grow up reading comic books or anything else. I don't know about the Marvel universe, but I tell you the difference between what Marvel has done and what DC comics is doing is night and day. It's just, so, just, they've just destroyed their line. Cause it's almost like they're sitting at DC comics going, Oh man, Marvel is doing all these great movies. Quick. Let's make a Batman movie. And you're like, well, we we have the quintessential Batman movie already made. Why don't we, instead of rebooting it, just kind of let that one speak for itself and build on it? Yeah, it's really confusing for people who don't care about this stuff. Like, I'm because I am legitimately like, if a big movie comes out, maybe I'll go see it. I probably see ten percent of the, the superhero movies that come out. But it's so confusing. People jump all over you to like Marvel, DC, and. I feel like they're just all rebooting these things all the time. They just take a giant handful of action figures and throw them against the wall, and whatever lands inside of a little taped box are the ones they put in the next movie. I have no idea what's going on. They're constantly dying and coming back to life, and then they're all working together, and then they all hate each other. I can't keep track of any of it. But I will tell you, if you watch all of them, it is a very complex universe. Yes, and I would agree with that. It, and they pull it off. If, you're, if you do pay attention, you're like, oh my gosh. Look at that relates to this and that. And, you know, 10, 12 years ago, they said this and here it is again. I mean, it's really well done. Really well done. Yeah. I mean, look, I, people, obviously, they're the biggest movies of all time, right? I mean, I, you know, you look at, obviously, there's been one-offs, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, Titanic and such yeah. that are up there. But really, you look at the top 10 movies, it's basically all superhero movies at this point. I mean, they just, every single one that comes out makes it, you know, $100 million more than the last one. So I'm going to go see uh, the one about the new president in 2024 this weekend. Um, which one is that? Uh, the one starring The Rock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, yeah, that's an interesting one because I, he's like so, he's generally just really well liked. He works really hard. He's funny. Really hard. He's engaging. You know, and everyone kind of talks about him because I, I mean, he spoke at the Republican National Convention a year that we went. I think maybe it was 2004. Really? Yeah. I, I, when This is back when he was mainly just wrestling. And he actually spoke at the convention. I don't think he's a, a, a big, hardcore Republican or anything. No. But he spoke at that convention, which at the time was like, wow, this guy who's like a 
pretty big celebrity actually is showing up at a Republican <laughs> convention. Like, what is going on? Everybody's uh, afraid that he won't take the beat down from the left. That's why. Right. And so he, but like, I think because of that and because he's a Hollywood celebrity, he has that sort of, he has that uh, the glean of a backup quarterback. No one knows mm-hmm. when he gets it. Once he gets in the game, he's going to start having policies, yeah. and all of these things go away. Yeah, uh, all the goodwill goes away. Remember, Hillary Clinton uh, in 2010 had about a 70 percent approval rating. She was one of the most popular position uh, politicians in all of polling at that point when she was Secretary of State. The second she started running a campaign, people were like, holy crap, I remember who this woman is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And they all ran for the hills. (laughs) It it happens fast when you you jump in there. It's so funny because the left keeps saying, how did did Donald Trump win? How did this happen? Two words. Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Hillary Clinton. Look no further. You picked the worst (laughs) candidate you could have possibly imagined. Oh, I don't know. What about that dead, rotted corpse over there? I'll take that. Yes, that over Hillary, yes. You're listening to Glenn Beck.